Good morning. We begin today's daf, Bavakama, daf Samaches. We thank Samuel Wolf for sponsoring all the shurim and the drushes of this month with immense gratitude for the refuas from Hashem and the merit of refuas shlemer for all those who needed it and the zechus of our brave Israeli soldiers and hostages. We also thank Leah Saul for sponsoring all the shurim of the month of Tevis as a zechus for refuas shlemer for our daughter Alana Bas Esther for the safety of our soldiers and the safe return of all the hostages and the families. Merit Hashem, all those who need refuas should have refuas shlemer keharafayin and all those who need Yeshua should be zechus to have a Yeshua. We also thank Sayyid and Simha Ken for sponsoring Daf Yomi today for a four shlema for Idan Amadi and for Eliat Nishama for the Eliat Nishama for the fallen soldiers for Yakir Hexter, Gabriel Blum, <coughs> David Schwartz, Roe Tal, Amit Moshe Shahar, Dennis Krichmalov Vexler, Ran Efrimi, Roe Avram Maimon, and Akiva Yasinski. In the merit of our Talmud Torah, all those who have lost their lives protecting Am Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael should have an Elias and Shama, and all their families should have a Nechama. We also dedicate all the Shurim of Masechus Babakama in the memory of Master Sergeant Talyom Echol Harush, Hashem Kamdami, who was one of the first soldiers, first officers killed by Hamas while heroically defending and protecting Am Yisrael and his community during fierce battle at the Stero police station. May our collective learning bring an aliyah to his holy neshama and a zechos to his beautiful family. Amen. Today's daf is Bavakama daf samaches. We're going to pick up on daf samach zayin amud beis. 67b, about five lines from the bottom. Yeah, so the Gemara begins with a quote from the Mishnah. The Mishnah told us, The entire discussion over here that we are having is with regard to the payment of Kefal, and we are going to continue the discussion about Yeyush, about whether when a person despairs for their item ever being returned, is that a significant way of a person actually giving up ownership of the item? Does the item transfer ownership once Yeyush takes place? So the Gemara says as follows, If a person steals something from the thief, so person one is a thief, he steals an item, person two steals it from the first thief, Halach is that second Ganav, the second thief, does not pay Tashlumi Kefal. Now Rashi in the Mishnah told us, because it says in the Pasuk Gunam, I just will mention that Tosfis mentions that if you paid attention to the last couple of Amudim, then you'll realize that it's not so clear that the Pasuk actually can't teach us this because the Pasuk might be talking about Tolentanus Ganov, and therefore we have to use another Pasuk. Regardless, whether you're learning like Rashi or you're learning like Tosfis, you have a Pasuk in the Torah that tells us that the, the, the payment of Kefal is only relevant when a person steals it from the original owner. When a person steals it from the thief, there is no payment of Kefal. A person does not have to pay back twofold. Now, Amar Rav, Rav goes on to explain the Mishnah. Lo shanu, this halacha, that a second ganav does not pay kefal, is only relevant el lefnei yeyosh. If, if the second time the item was stolen was before the original owner actually despaired, he gave up and never getting it back. Now, if the second thief 
stole it after the original owner gave up and never getting it back. Halacha is Kano Ganov Rishon. The first Ganov, the first thief actually now owns the item. It's true that he owns it in a way which is unbecoming because he stole it. But the bottom line is, he owns it. And therefore, the second thief indeed will pay the payment, the, the additional double payment to the first thief. Sheshis commented on this statement of Rav. Amina, I believe, I'm going to say, Kinayim v'shachiv Rav, Omar laha shmaita. I think that Rav made this statement when he was dozing off, when he was falling asleep. If you remember on Shabbos, we had the exact same phrase that was used about Rav. The Rav made a statement that um, Sheshis believed was, was, was said when Rav was falling asleep. And on Shabbos, we already explained that well, Rav Sheshis was trying to point out that he does not understand what Rav is talking about. He found a very respectful way to make that statement. What is the respectful way of making that statement? So the way I explained it on Shabbos is that Rav was a person who was never, ever stopping to Mechadosh Kedusha Torah. Rav had the ability to be Mechadosh Kedusha Torah whether he was awake, whether he was sleeping, whether he was falling asleep, and he always was being Mechadosh Kedusha Torah. And this was Rav Sheshis's way of saying, listen, Rav, perhaps you are Zocha to be able to understand the depths of Torah even in your sleep. And perhaps even while you're sleeping you understand Torah, even on a deeper level. Nevuah happens when a person is sleeping. But I, Rav Sheshes, am having a hard time understanding what you're talking about when you make this statement. So it was a respectful way for Sheshes to say that what Rav said is beyond my level of understanding. And therefore he went on to explain what the difficulty he had with Rav's statement which essentially means that Yeosh itself, that when the owner despairs from ever getting his item back, that actually constitutes a Kenyan, an acquisition to the Ganem. Titania, so Rav explains, we learn in the Bible, Sabra Bekiva, Why is it that the Torah tells us that when a Ganem, when a thief steals something, and then goes ahead and slaughters the animal, or goes ahead and shechts the an- or goes ahead and sells the animal. That he has to pay an additional penalty of four or five times its value. He explained. Rebbe explained. He person. He ultimately he dug his heels in. He rooted himself deeper into the chay. There's a person who sometimes steals something. It's a terrible thing to steal something. But then there's a person who steals something and then digs in. Not only have I stolen it, now I'm going to go ahead take further possession over this item. So when a person goes ahead and takes the second step of the theft, which is to steal it, to, sorry, stealing it number one, but to sell it or to shecht it, which is digging your roots in even deeper, in such a case, the Torah says you have to pay a fine. Now, we're going to analyze that. Elema, if, like you're telling me, that this is talking about lifneyeyosh, it happens before the, he actually steals the item. Is there actually a halachic nishtaresh? Is he actually digging his roots in even deeper? What's the problem with that? So just to understand what Rashi points out over here is, In other words, there are some times that a person can do something, the action is quite significant, but the result of that action actually is a sum total of zero. So in this case... 
If you're telling me that Yish is a defining factor of the item actually transferring from the possession of the original owner to the thief, then, Ra, let's analyze this. You're telling me the reason why a person pays an additional penalty when they shecht the animal or when they sell the animals because they have actually dug deeper into the, into the accomplishment of the, of the theft. The Gemara says, there's, no, there's nothing that actually happens. When the person sells the animal, the sale is not a good sale. He sold him the Brooklyn Bridge. You can't sell somebody an animal that doesn't belong to you. So what does it mean, that he dug his roots in even deeper? He didn't dig his roots, his roots in even deeper. Nothing happened when he sold it if there was no yeish. Ella, rather, what must, we, what, what must this case be talking about? After the original owner already was miyayish, he despaired from ever getting it back. If you're telling me that Yish actually works on its own to transfer the item from possession of the original owner to the thief, so it's kind of like a catch-22. If Yish didn't do anything, then selling it doesn't do anything. And now, Rav, according to you, that Yish itself is strong enough and you don't need anything else to accomplish that the item is going to be transferred from the possession of the, of the original owner to the thief, then hold on. The guy stole it. At the time that he stole it, it transfers physically from the possession of the original owner to the thief. Now, at what point does the item become under the ownership of the thief? When the guy's miyayish, when the original owner is going to despair from ever getting it back. Now, analyze this. At the time that he went ahead and sold the animal, or the time that he went ahead and shafted the animal, whose animal did he sell? His own animal. It's his animal. Again, granted, he acquired this animal in a fashion which is not proper. Nobody should be acquiring things through theft. But when it comes down to it, the bottom line is, the animal belongs to the thief. So therefore, why are we saying he's mishtareish b'chei? He's digging his roots in even deeper to the chei. Hate is over. He stole it. The owner was Miyayish. It now belongs to him. It's his animal. He can do whatever he pleases with this animal. He can eat it for lunch. He can sell it to somebody else. What does it mean? He's Nishtarish Bechet. The Chet is done once. He actually was Miyayish and, and it belongs to him. Now, of course, he has a Chiv Tashlun. He has to pay this guy back. He's a thief. He has to do Teshuva. But again, with regard to the owner of the animal, the thief is the owner of the animal. So Gemara says, Amri, like Rav said, you misunderstood the concept of you thought has to mean much more of like a halachic thing. That when he takes the second step, like he really digs his roots even deeper in to the concept or to the, into the Aveir of the theft. The Gemara just means this guy shows no remorse. He goes ahead, he stole something, he goes ahead even deeper. He, now he's, he's selling it. He's eating it. Guy makes a barbecue, invites all his neighbors over to eat all the stolen meat. You're right. Happens to be it belongs to you. But, sir, come on. Recognize what's going on over here. You're shan of You're continuing perpetually to violate the Isser of, of stealing, even though this is not actually halachically stealing. But again, he's shan of He's, he's digging in the, even deeper. We'll explain it over here. What he means is also that he was shan um, He repeated he repeated an action of chet. Tashema. Now the Gemara is going to try to prove 
whether Rav is correct that Yeosh itself, when the original owner gives up and never getting his item back, is that enough to transfer the item from the possession of the original owner to the thief? The Pasuk tells us, with regard to one who steals an animal and shechts it, sells it, and the Gemara Darshan's because it says Tvicha and Mechira in the same Pasuk right near each other, just like the Tvicha is something which is Enochazer, it's irreversible. Once a person slaughters an animal, the person can't unslaughter the animal. Af Mechira, the same thing has to be true with regard to a sale, Sheinochazeris, it has to be a case of Mechira where a person cannot reverse the sale. Now the Gemara says, what's that talking about? Amos. If you're talking about that he sold the animal before Yeosh, hold on. Am I in a chazeres? Why does the sale? Why can't the sale be reversed? It's not his. You can't sell it, so it can't be reversed. Ella, it must be that if for a person to accomplish a tvicha and mechira and be chayiv to pay the dal of behay, and it's going to be a case where it's irreversible, it must be lachar yish that it happens after. He already gave up on getting it back. Now, this architect of Kanye, if it's true that he actually now owns the item because the guy was Miyayish, the original was Miyayish, am I Mishalom Dalad Vahey? Why does he have to pay Dalad Vahey? Shlohu Tavev, Shlohu Mokhir, the same concept. In other words, we find ourselves in the Cat 22. Because if the requirement is that the Tvicha and Mechira both have to be irreversible, in order for him to be chayv to pay the four or five times, the four or five fold payment, so then, let's try to find a case where this works. If it's before Yeosh, it's reversible. Because it's not his. He has no permission to sell it. So the whole sale is just a gain. So the whole thing, the whole thing can be reversed. So it must be it's talking about after Yeosh. Now, according to Rav, Yeosh actually accomplishes that it changes from the possession of the original owner to the thief, so now, as, as bad as this sounds, it's his item. It belongs to him. He's allowed to sell it. He's allowed to eat it. Again, as we said a few times, doesn't mean he acquired it in the most appropriate way. He stole it, but it's his. So therefore, why would he have to pay the additional penalty of four or five times? It's actually his animal. And he's allowed to sell it. What, we're, what you're misunderstanding over here is, is that when we're talking about the sale being complete and not reversible, that was prat l'shehikne l'shloshem yom. He just meant to, to, that, that we're excluding a case of a lease. When the person leases it, that's not a case where he has to pay four or five times. So hachanami prat l'shehikne l'shloshem yom, we're coming to exclude a case where he was makne the animal for, for 30 days. If you look at Rashi, just a little bit lower than this Gemara, he says... In other words, he sold it to him with giving him the rights to use the animal for 30 days. It's just like any type of renting it or any type of long-term lease. But again, that's not considered selling it. So again, we, are, we don't have a kasha on Rav. Now the Gemara is going to ask a question on Rav from a three-part b'risa. Three cases. All three cases have a different halacha. And then we're going to analyze some of the cases and then perhaps have to do some mechanical work on this b'risa to try to fix it up because we're going to find some issues with it. Mason. Let's ask a, a, a kasha from a b'risa. Ganav, a person stole something. Ubo achar uginavo. A typical classic case of a gonev minaganav. 
God of one steals the item, then God of two steals it from God of one. What's the halacha? The Brisa tells us, Harishon Nishalim Tashlume Kefal. The first Ganav is going to pay Tashlume Kefal. Why? Because he's a Ganav. The second thief only pays the principal back to the second the first Ganav. But he does not pay Kefal, which is exactly consistent with our Mishnah. So the first guy who is a thief, he's the original thief, he pays back the original owner, the value of the animal, plus the additional penalty of the kefal. The second god only pays back the principal, and he does not pay back any kefal. Ganav, umachar, second case. A guy went ahead, stole an animal. Umachar, and he sold it. Now, uba'achar, uginavav. And another person came and stole it from the buyer. So let's just give some names of here. Ruvain originally owns the animal. Shimon steals the animal and sells the animal to Levi. Yehuda comes along and steals the animal from Levi. Okay, what's the halacha? Harishon. So in this case, his name is going to be Shimon. Mishalom Tashlumi Arba Bechamisha. He's a regular Ganav who was a Tabachu Makar. So he has to pay a four or five times payment. Vashemi, the second thief, Mishalim Tashlumi Kefal. He has to pay Tashlumi Kefal. So this is Yehuda, has to pay Tashlumi Kefal to Levi. The last case, Ganav Vitavach. So here you have, he doesn't steal it and sell it, rather he steals it and slaughters the animal, he shafts it. The halacha is, now, now a guy came and stole the shechted meat. So I don't know what Hefshur had on it. But the bottom line is, the original guy, you have Ruben owns an animal. Shimon steals it and shechts it. Levi comes ahead and steals that meat. Okay, what's the halacha? Harishon, Shimon's Misham Tashlumidal Vehei. Shimon, who's a regular Ganav, he stole it, and he's a Tobeach. He's a Tobeach. He's not a Mokhi, he's a Tobeach. The halacha is he pays Dal Vehei, the four or five times payment to Ruvein. Now, this third person who gets involved over here, Levi, Eina Mishalim Tashlume. Kefal Ella Karen Bilvad. He pays just Karen, just the principal value, back to the second, to the first Ghana, to the second owner in this case. Now, Katani Mias. Let's go back and look at one case. Mitsyasa. Which case? Katani Mias Mitsyasa. Katani Mia Mitsyasa. We learned the middle case, and we'll repeat it. Ghana, a person stole. Umachar, and he sold it. Ubachar, Uganavo, another person came and stole it from the purchaser, from the Ganav. Halacha is, Harishon, the first Ganav is Mishalim Tashlumi He pays the four or five times payment. Vasheni, Mishalim Tashlumi The second thief is going to pay Tashlumi Kefal. Now the Gemara analyzes this. So again, just from a simple understanding, it makes sense. Why? Because Shimon's a Ganav, and he went ahead and sold it. So he is a Ganav who is Mocher. He has to pay four or five times payment to the original owner. Now, another guy came along and stole it from the buyer. So it sounds like the case would restart. In other words, he hit the reset button once it's sold. And once it's sold, now there's an entirely new case. You have a guy by the name of Levi bought an animal 
from somebody whose name is Shimon. He doesn't know the guy's a thief. He went ahead and bought an animal. Now, Yehuda goes ahead and starts the story all over again. It would make sense. We'd have to be careful. The problem just isn't the technicalities of this case. And let's say, Amos, when did this sale happen? If you're telling me that this sale happened before Ruve, the original owner, gave up on never getting it back, then Shani, a Mishalam Tashlumi Why is it that the second person has to pay Tashlumi Kefal? Shino Rishus, below Yeyosh. It transfers from one property to the next, but there's no Yeyosh in this case. So it doesn't work. And therefore, would anybody actually say that the sale actually takes effect? In other words, it's not just a ceremonious type of transaction. It has to actually be a real transaction. Now, if the original owner was not miyayish, then the sale doesn't work. Elopshita. Rather, what must be said? What what must we say? It's talking about la'achar yayosh. The original owner gave up and never getting his animal back. So let's analyze this. Now, Rav, remember you told us that Yish itself transfers the atom from one place to the next. Let's just look at this. We're talking about after Yish. If you're telling me that Yish itself works and the, the thief, the first thief now owns it, why does he have to pay the four or five times payment? He went ahead and sold his own item. In other words, it doesn't sound very good. His behaviors are not good behaviors, but the bottom line is, the animal is his. He stole it. The original owner, according to Rav, was Miyayish, and therefore the acquisition takes place. Now the God of owns the animal. When he sells it, he's making a regular transaction of his own property. So, in addition, the Katani Reisha, it says in the first case, Godav, Ubaachar Ugenavo. Regular case of The first person pays the, the kefal, the additional double payment. The second one, the second thief, only pays karen by itself. He, doesn't, he just pays the principal and no additional penalty, no additional fine. Now hold on. You just told me that we're talking about a case where it's after Yeosh. Let's try to be consistent through all the cases. If we're talking about a case where the second theft happened after the original owner was Rav, according to you, tells us the Yish itself allows the animal to be transferred from one person's possession to the next. Why is the second thief potter from paying Kefal? Why is he only paying the principal, not the Karen. In other words, Rav, we have a big problem with these prices over here because these prices seem to indicate that there mu- it must be talking about a case where there is Yish. These, this price seems to understand even though there was Yish, still the halacha is that it doesn't transfer possession from the original owner to the thief. El Alav, what, what must we say? Shmamina. Yish, Lokani, Vikasha, Larav. We must conclude from this price that Yish is not going to accomplish the transaction and the acquisition, and therefore it's going to be difficult for Rav. Amar Rav, Rav, Rav now comes along to try to save Rav. 
But his Are you going to suggest that this price is mitaretz? In other words, there are some prices that have been reviewed and confirmed as prices that are true. However, Rava says this can't be one of those. This price seems to be problematic in and of itself. I didn't mention this when we went through it, because the Gemara is going to actually ask this question, but there's a, a simple problem in this price, an inconsistency between case 2 and case 3, and the Gemara is going to explain it. El Diktani Seifa. Let's look at the Seifa, the last case. Gana Betavach. If you went ahead, stole it, Betavach, and shechted it. Uba'achar Uganavo, and another person came ahead and stole that shechted meat. What's the Allah? Our Brisa says, The first thief pays a payment of four or five times its value. The second one, the one who stole the meat, only pays Karen and not Kefal. Now hold on a second. Hold on a second. Something doesn't make sense over here. Is there anybody who's going to say that when you shaft the animal and turn it from a live animal into lunch, that that's not good enough to accomplish a, a, a Kenyan, a transfer of, of possession, an acquisition? This is like the biggest type of shino possible. He shafted the animal. It's not an animal anymore. Now it's food. So there's a problem. How can we understand that last case that says that the guy steals and shechts it, and another person goes ahead and steals the meat, that the subsequent ganev doesn't have to pay kefal because it's a gonavach or a ganev. Everybody should agree in that case that once the animal is now in the butcher shop, that the animal is no longer the possession of the original owner because the original owner owned an animal. This is not an animal, this is meat. So therefore the price itself doesn't make sense. Therefore, the Gemara says, we have to try to fix up this price. So let's try to understand what's going on in here. The whole thing is talking about before Yish, and this actually works well with Rav. It's consistent with what Rav said, that all these cases of Gonavach or Ganav are all talking about before Yish, because after Yish, there would be an additional payment to the Kefal. So, that, so therefore, all these prices are talking about Yish for anybody who had to spare from getting it back. And what we must do is the epoch seifa lemitziasa umitziasa leseifa. We have to flip the last case with the middle case and the middle case with the last case. <coughs> and we will read it as follows. So the Gemara actually does us, does us a very big service by rewording the prices. Sometimes when the Gemara says epoch, you have to figure out by yourself how to turn it around. The Gemara actually goes ahead and does it for us. This is how we should read it. Ganavumach, our person went ahead and stole something. And sold it, Uba'akar Uganavo, and another person went and stole the sold item. Harishon, Mishalom Tashlum The first guy pays the four or five times payment, which makes a lot of sense. He's a typical Ganav who was Tavayachu Mocher. In this case, he was Mocher. Vasheni, the second thief, Eino Mishalim Er Ela Karen. He only pays Karen. So no Kaful in that case, just Karen. Why? The Gemara explains. The Shinoi Rishos below Yeosh Lokani. Simply transferring an item from one person's physical possession to another person's physical possession does not actually accomplish an acquisition. Just moving something from someone's backyard to another person's backyard doesn't mean that the person actually takes ownership over it.
So therefore, in the second case, where he stole it and sold it, it actually still belongs to the original owner. And therefore, when the person subsequently steals it from that person, then there's not going to be a payment of kefal. Gona v'tavach, however the case where there is a theft and he actually kills the animal, he slaughters it and turns it into meat. In such a case, a person steals that meat. Which is very logical. It makes sense. This is talking about again, before Yish. The halacha is, he's a ganif. And then he shechts the animal. Then, the, then that person, we understand, he has to pay four or five times the payment. The second person who now goes ahead and steals it, he pays Tashlume Kefal, he pays the double payment. Why? This makes a lot of sense. Why? Because what do you have? You have a case of a person who stole it, and then he did a Shine Maisa. He actually changed the animal. A physical, tangible change was made in the animal. Now another person goes ahead and steals that meat. Why? Because he actually acquired the animal with a shinoi maisa. With and now, the, now at least the brisa makes sense. And we don't have a problem with Rav. In other words, Rav said all oh, this was talking about before Yish. We made the brisa work. But work to be discussing a case where it's before Yish, and we had a problem with just understanding the last case in the in the brisa. We fixed that up. We explained that really it was just a mistake. Where there's a Shinoi Maisa that takes place, everybody agrees that the second thief is actually going to have to pay Kefal. Why? Because the transfer is Rishos, it goes from one person's possession to the next. Where there's simply a Shinoi of Makom, where it goes from one place to the next, that's not enough to actually accomplish an acquisition. And therefore, the second thief is not going to be responsible to pay the Kefal because it's a Gona Benagana. Rapapa and Rapapa says, Lolam Lote, but we left not turning around. Let's keep everything the same. Because remember when the Gemara said before, Umi ikalaman da'amar, is there anybody who says that a shinoi maisa doesn't work? The Gemara is actually going to say, if you were here on Shabbos, then you remember, yes, there was somebody who says that. Seifa beishamai he. The seifa is beishamai. The Amri, they say, shinoi bimkoma omed. Even if you make a physical change to an item, it still remains in the original position. It means it still belongs to the original owner. Remember that was the case of the Esnan, who was Chitim, Vyasa Solas, Zaysim, Vyasa Shemen. Those were cases where physical change was made to an item that was stolen. A person took olives and turned it into olive oil. It's a physical change. It's not the same thing. It's no longer a fruit. It's an oil. Nevertheless, Beis Shammai is of the opinion that it still maintains its original identity, still belongs to the original person. The Gemara says, if that's the case, Yihachi, Kasha Resha. Why in the Resha? The first case, which is a regular typical case, and we said that there's no there's no kefal. Umitsiyasalarav. In other words, Kasharesh Mitsyasalarav, the first and second case is going to be difficult with Rav because it seems like it's talking about after Yish. Amor of Zvid, Laolam Kul Lifneyish. Zvid says we have to say it's all talking about Lifneyish. Before he actually gives a Vachamayaskinon, Shenisyashu Habailim Bilokeyach. He explains, this is talking about a case where we have knowledge from the original owner as to at what point in time he despaired getting it back. So in other words, it's not just a simple, he was Miyayish, he wasn't Miyayish. No, originally when his animal was stolen, he hoped to get it back. At a certain point in time, he said, you know what, forget it, I'm never getting this animal back. So therefore, the Havala Yish. 
You're going to have Yish by the second person. Now the Gemara says, It's not because you need to have Yish and Shini Rishos, and that's why we established it to be talking about a case where he was Miyayish, only when it transferred to the second person's possession. Rav is right, that even with Yish itself, he would take possession over it. We're Gabi Ganav, by the actual Ganav. The only time we could find a way to figure out how both Ganavim are going to be Chayev Kefal is when you make the Yish happen by the second guy. That's why we established it to be the case, not because it's a necessity. The Gemara goes on. Where it says, Itmar, Hamocher Lifne Yish. If a person steals something and sells it before Yish. So we have a Machlokis over here, Machlokis Amiroan. Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman says, Chayev. It's a typical case of a Ganav Umachar, and he has to pay the additional fine. Rishesha Samar, Rishesha says, Potter, he is exempt from the, from the additional fine. Rav Nachman, Rav Chayev, Nachman says, he's Chayev, why? Because of Machar Om Rachmana. The Torah says that if a thief steals it, he has to pay the additional fine. And ladies and gentlemen, he sold it. Maybe it's not a halachic sale, maybe it's not a good sale, but he actually went ahead and did it. Makes no difference when, when it happened. Rosh says, Potter, he is Potter from paying. Why? Because the Chiyuv is only when his sale actually took effect and it worked. Before Yish, where his sale is just basically an exercise in futility, because nothing's going to happen. It doesn't actually produce any result. He may have gone through the motions, he might feel like he sold something, it might be a nice ceremony, but the bottom line is, the sale doesn't take effect and it goes back to the original mm-hmm. owner. In such a case, he won't be similar to a case of shakhting. Be'inon has to be, in other words, we have to have a mechira sale that's similar to shechting. Why? We're actually accomplish something. A person shechts an animal and finds out that he didn't actually shecht it, so then he's not going to be chayef to pay. In other words, a person makes believe he's shechting. The animal is not shechted. Of course, everyone agrees that just taking something and going through the motions of thinking that you're shechting, he held the knife backwards. So he thinks he shechted it. Everyone's going to say, listen, he didn't shecht it. He doesn't have to pay the extra, the extra penalty. Same thing is true. If a person goes through the motions of a sale, but the sale doesn't work, according to Rav, according to Rav Sheshis, it's not going to actually accomplish anything. He won't have to pay the additional fine. Amr Rav Sheshis, minah Where do I know this from? Detanya, for learned to write. So we saw this before. Amr why the Torah tell us that if a person shechts or sells the animal, he pays the additional penalty of four or five times? Why? Because he rooted himself deeper with the chait of his theft. Amos, when does this happen? If this happens before Yish, does it actually does his, do his roots dig deeper into the ground? You must say it's talking about after Yish, after the original owner gave, gave up. Rav said, like we said before, no, it doesn't actually mean that he is digging his roots deeper. He just continued in his sinful ways. Tashema, the Gemara goes ahead and tries to bring a riot. A 
Pasuk says, just like Tvicha, something which is irreversible, Seeming has to be true with regard to a sale that it's not reversible. We had this whole Gemara earlier today. So Amos, when did this happen? If you're telling me this happens before you actually gave up, why are you telling me that it's in a Chazaris? The sale is just worthless. Just reverse it. Bring it back to the original owner. El Achish must be talking about a case of after Yish. Now we see that the Chiyav is after Yish, which is exactly in opposition to Rav. It's, it's exactly in opposition to Rav. And also, it's in opposition to um, Rav. Nachman. Warren says, Tigram of Nachman, Nachman will explain, Prat this case doesn't mean to talk about Yish at all, it's simply coming to exclude a case where the sale wasn't a full sale. He has simply leased it to him. So in other words, basically the exact same Gemara, we try to use this exact Raya against Rav, the Gemara attempts the same thing against Rav Nachman, and Rav Nachman answers the same way, and says, the permanent sale that we're talking about doesn't actually mean it has to be an irreversible sale because of the Yish aspect, what we just mean is that the sale should be a sale which is a sale of Chalutin, which means it's a permanent sale as opposed to a temporary lease. Gemara says, after Belazar Sabar, we can also prove that Belazar is of the opinion that Chiyuva l'achar Yish, the Chiyuv, the additional payments, are only after Yish, but not before Yishu. The Amr of Nachman, sorry, the Amr of Elazar, for Elazar taught us, top of Samaches, on the base, Teda, we can prove, Shestam Geneva Yish Bailamu. A normal Geneva, under normal circumstances, as soon as something is stolen, the Bailam are going to despair from ever getting it back. Why? Shari Amr, Torah, Torah told us, a person goes ahead and shechts it and sells it. And he has to pay four or five times its value. Now hold on a second. Maybe the guy was never, was never miyayish on it. El Alav, Sir tells us, the reason why the payment is going to be imposed on him is because the Amri, we assume, under normal circumstances, there's going to be in other words, a person just, we assume, something was stolen, how is the person going to get it back? Is it possible to find the thief? Therefore, he's in the eyes. And therefore, we try to prove their blessings of the opinion, that you have to have the yish. In other words, if he's going to make this ukimta to say that we assume that every time something is stolen, there's yish, it must be, he's of the opinion that you have to have yish. The says, Maybe he'll be mechayev him the additional fine, even though he was not miyayish. Amri lo salkadaitach. You won't think that way. Dumi tetvicha. Has to be slumer tetvicha. Ma tetvicha do ahanamaisav. Just like tetvicha, it actually accomplished something. Achmachir do ahanamaisav has to be that actually did something. Vilf neyish. If it's talking about before years, mayahanu. How could that have happened? So Gemara says, okay, fine. So it's talking about after years, but maybe the dilma the shaminu deyayish. Maybe the only time that the additional fine is going to be imposed, is when we heard the guy was Miyayish. Amri, the Gemara says, Lo you would never think that way. Why? Because Dumi de Tvicha, has to be similar to Tvicha. Ma Tvicha Alter. just like Tvicha, as soon as you shecht it, there's no, there's no going back. You don't have to actually hear and confirm the guy was Miyayish. Af Mechira the Alter, the Mechira also has to take place immediately, not only once you hear the guy was Miyayish. 
Amr le Rav Yochanan. Yochanan went ahead and said, Geneva benefesh tochiach. When, when a person steals a nefesh, steals a person, kidnapping, that will prove what the halacha is. Why? She'en yirshpailer. There's no such thing as yirshpailer. Why? The person himself is never going to be miayish. So this is one of these cases where I will tell you, I know that I'm giving daf this morning, but everybody knows if Rabbi Silver was giving daf this morning, and was talk, learning this amud, and he was talking about a person, if you look at Rashi, look at Rashi over here, it's a very important Rashi. If anybody was at the Joshua this past week, you know, Rabbi Silva would spend a tremendous amount of time on this line, and the Gemari probably wouldn't finish the daf. Why? Because ain't shum yesh People sometimes fall, find themselves in difficult situations. People find themselves close to despair, but people never, ever give up on themselves, or people should never give up on themselves. Why? Because possessions are possessions. person loses his item because it got stolen, you can go ahead and be miyayish. But a person on themselves is never, ever miyayish. What's the point in this? Kidnapping will prove us the Allah. Why? There's never, ever yish for a person on himself. Still, the one who goes ahead, kidnaps the person, sells the person, is still chayiv. We see from Rabbi Yochanan that before Yish he's going to be Chayiv. Lachi Yish, my. What's going to be the halacha after Yish? So here Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says Chayiv. He will still be Chayiv the additional payment. Rishlakish Amar Potter. Rishlakish says Potter that he is not. He's not. He's not obligated to pay the additional fine because he was Miyayish. Rabbi Yochanan says Chayiv. Why? Because the Chiyuva, the obligation is based on Yish, based on Achra Yish. Whether it's before or after Yish, after Yish, like we said many times this morning already, after Yish, the Ganav already takes possession of the item that he stole. And it belongs to him. The now goes ahead and asks the Kasha, Yochanan went ahead and challenged Rishlakish on this halacha. Again, if Yochanan says even after Yish, and Rishlakish told us that after Yish, he is potter. So Rabbi Yochanan asks him a question. Ganav, Vihiktish, a person went ahead and stole an item. And now it becomes a big tzaddik. He takes the stolen item, he's maktish it. He gives it to Ektish, he gives a massive donation. He wants to get his name on the building. V'yachar kach, afterwards, tavach. He went ahead and shechted it. He pays kefal for the theft, but there's no payment, there's no requirement to pay the Arba B'chamisha because he shechted it. So says, hold on, let's analyze this. Amos, when did all this happen? If you want to suggest this is talking about before Yish, mi kadosh. Does it even become kadosh? That can't work. Torah tells us a person who chooses to be maktish, to consecrate, his own house, ma beso shalom. The basic, simple principle is just like your house is yours. Afkal shalom. Anything you want to donate to the base of mikdash, you want to consecrate to hektish. The prerequisite is that it's yours. Elapshitilachayish must be. It's talking about after the guy was miyayish. The original owner was miyayish. The taima to hektish. You know why he's not going to pay the dalad vehei because he was makdish it. The taima to hektish who. 
The reason why he doesn't have to pay the additional four or five, time, five times payment is because when he shechted it, it wasn't his. It belonged to the Beit HaMikdash. What if he was not Makdash it? And then, Tavach, and when he went ahead and shechted it, it would seem... He has to pay the four or five times payment. Now, if you're telling me that Yish actually works to transfer from his from one possession to the next, Amai Mishali was you have to pay it. It actually is. Once he shechts it, once he sells it. So Shuris Lakish said back to him, I'm sorry. You misunderstood. This is talking about a case over here, which is, the God of is not giving a donation to Hektish. That doesn't make sense. Talk about a thief. He steals something, giving a donation to Hektish. That's not appropriate. Rather, what are we talking about? Where the owner, the original owner, had his item stolen. He said, I'm not Miyayish on this item. I don't know if I'll get it back or not, but I'm not Miyayish. I continue to look for it, to search for it. But for the meantime, I'm donating this animal to Hektish. Now the Gemara says, okay, that sounds very nice, but umi kadosh, is that actually going to work? said, If someone stole something and the original owner was never a miyayish, both the thief and the original owner cannot be maktish's animal. Why? The Ghanav can't do it because guess what? It's not yours. You don't have permission to give it to Hektish. The Zal, if this guy can't do it because it's not in his possession. You can't give something to Hektish if you don't have jurisdiction over it. Gemara says, Amri, he responded, He passes like the Tznuin. The Tznan. Who are these Tznuin? Tznuin are these private people. The Tznan at Tznuin, Manichin es Amos, V'omukol anilkut mizeh, Yemichol al Amos elu. Just very quickly, this is talking about a case where you had a vineyard, which was the Neta Revai, it was in its, in, in its fourth year. So it's not Arla, but in the fourth year, the halacha is, it's basically treated like Maish Roshani, it can only be eaten in Yerushalayim or redeemed onto money. If it's eaten in Yerushalayim, that's fine. If it's redeemed onto money, it can be eaten anywhere. So these Tznuim recognize that some people would come by and just pluck off some of the grapes from this vineyard. And what they wanted, they, they wanted to avoid people eating it in the wrong place, so therefore they left money there. And they said, if a person's going to go ahead and steal it, I want to be mechalled onto the money like this, they won't have an additional bear on their hand. So, in other words, but the bottom line there is that they are being mechalled these grapes onto money after it's already in the possession of the Ghana. So clearly there's this opinion that you can actually accomplish a transfer from, of an item either from personal possession to Hektish, or from personal possession, be mechal onto money, in those cases, it, it, will, it will work. Now the Gemara says, but hold on. If that's the case, this means that the actual principle came back to the original owner in these cases. You look at Rashi, if you're talking about that the actual owner was Makdish, that means you're taking possession over it. If that's the case, Kefal, Amai Mishali, Hare Chazer Karen Liyadam. Why is he paying Kefal? They already got it back. They took their item back and they did what they wanted to do. They gave it, they gave it to, to, to Hektish. So why is there any Kefal? They returned the item to its original owner. What's talking about is that he went to Bastin and Bastin gave a psak. Now hold on, Gemara says. Hey Chidami, what happened in Bastin? If the Dayanim told the guy, hey, you're a thief, go give it back to the original owner. So my ear, you Hektish. I feel a loy Hektish. 
What is the consecration of anything to do with anything here? Based on give psaq. I feel like this Naimilo Lachaiva. He wouldn't be Chayev. Once Basin gives a psaq and says you have to give it back, then Tavachumachar Pater. He's going to be Pater. My time, I to Paskul Lamilsa, but Tavachumachar Havali Gazla. Once the psaq was made and he goes ahead and brazenly shechts it, he's not a Ganav anymore. He's an outright Gazla in front of everyone's face. He stole it. You know, from our Mishnah, a Gazla does not pay Arba Vachamisha. What happens? So then, rather, what do you want to say? Tapa some of Tesem and Aleph. Chayiv atalitein lo. Must be based on just said you're obviously, you're obligated to give it to him. Tava chumach mashamta shem nebel chemisha. My timer. Kivan lo paskil milsa. Sorry, kivan lo paskil milsa. Akati ganafu. Since they only gave the psak that he's chayiv to give it, but he didn't tell him to go ahead and give it, he's a ganafu. So then, lo tzricho da'amili chayiv atalitein lo. The Gemara says it must be that's the case. Ahmad ibn Dino is talking about what the basin told him. Chayiv atalitenlo. They did not say. They did not say. Say tenlo. Have a wonderful day. We'll stop here. Top of top of some of the